welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by the Nate and Josh come in here on a Wednesday as we get ready for this all-star break. One more day of games after this, but a lot of teams on their final games tonight on Wednesday with 13 before this, uh, uh, this NBA all-star break takes place this weekend. We've got best bets in this video. We also have player props up as we do each and every weekday. So definitely want to make sure to subscribe to that page and continue to follow along. Also want you to head to thelines.com. Use everything we have up on the site right now, including that odds finder tool that helps you get the best odds available to you from all of these books that are giving us bets this season. Nate, let's just run right into your first best bet here for this big old slate on Wednesday. The Washington Wizards under 110 and a half team total. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty appealing, honestly. I mean, they're, they're at New Orleans here. The Pelicans have been playing absolutely lights out defensively. And seven of their last eight have been on the road. Um, despite that, they are number one in three-point defense, number two forcing turnovers, second and third in fast break and second chance allowed, sixth in paint points, allowing 105 a game. Uh, they allow 105 a game in wins this season, and they're minus 12 and a half here. So, I mean, it is correlated just like, yeah, I, if, if, you, if they hold them under 110, you expect them to probably cover this spread. I, the Pelicans' offense is kind of off and on. As you know, sometimes it's clunky and weird, but I, I think the safer bet here is just Washington not being able to score against a good defense, which, you know, I went through the numbers last week when they played Cleveland. It was like, look at this game log. Like, they do not get 110 if it's even a, a remotely good defense. And sure enough, Cleveland held them to 106. Uh, Washington just scored 105 against Dallas. Uh, as we know, a terrible defense despite their trades. And that was one of their most competitive efforts uh, in recent memory here. Um, and, and that, you know, now they're on a seven game losing streak and they've only really been able to score in terms of pain points and fast break points, which I just mentioned, the Pels do not give up the Pels back home. Their, their only home game in this eight game span, they crushed Toronto 138 to hundred. Uh, they have a, a defensive rating 111 at home versus 117 on the road since the start of December and have held seven of their last 14 opponents at home under this total. In fact, like under 108. Um, they've also covered five straight <clears throat> at home against teams that are not, you know, what you consider top teams in the league. Basically, the Suns, Clips, and Thunder beat them. Uh, but yeah, when when they get a bad team at home, like it's lights out. It's boa constrictor time, as we saw with the, with the well, Portland. Uh, that was at Portland. They own like 84, uh, which is unheard of in today's NBA. <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I actually liked the the Wizards in that Dallas game when it opened at like 14 and a half because of the way that the, the Wizards have been playing defense. Uh, stop me if you heard that before. We haven't called them the Wizards in a while because that's not their biggest problem anymore. Their biggest problem is actually on the offensive end, and they've, they've just at least been putting a bit more effort, it appears, on the, the, uh, the perimeter. But yeah, that only just leads to more defense in this one. And if the Pels are going to show up, man, that's great. And it seems like they're beating up on bad teams and kind of being poo-poo on, on the other ones. But let me go to what I think will be a, at least a slightly more entertaining game. I know I'll have it on late night, which is the Clippers and the Warriors in this one. And this is a bet slightly predicated on the fact that Kawhi's not in. So I'm taking the dubs minus two and a half at home. The red hot dubs, by the way, I don't know if that's been made clear uh, fully. I th- oh, yeah, it has because we took them uh, t- took them in their last game against Utah, took the under there to hit them to, to win that game. And that was predicated on them playing a lot more defense, and that's what they're doing. Now Kawhi's not in, and things just change. I mean, there's been four games this season without Kawhi, which, by the way, shout out Kawhi. Uh, I guess we got to give him some praise for participation, right? He's been there for all but four games uh, and even played in most of the back-to-backs this season. 
However, now he's just missing one before the uh, the All-Star break. And without him in those four games, they're looking at a complete, just a complete inverse of the team that they are with him. With him, 124 offensive rating, 115 defensive rating. Just go ahead and switch that when he's not in there, right? Just that they reverse and he, they go from a plus nine to a negative nine. That's a massive swing right there, my man. Like minus eight, or excuse me, minus 18 essentially on the uh, on the swing for them uh, when, when he's not in there. That's a pretty big deal. And, and he's covered up a few of the blemishes that I think uh, indicate Paul George is on the decline at this point. How many, how many knee and ankle and back surgeries and even wrist surgeries can you have before it's just like, okay, this is taking its, its toll and you're no longer a top wing defender like that. Uh, his on off numbers are like pretty much even there's it seems to be like he doesn't have an impact on the game, which is false. He has an impact on the game, but according to the surface level metrics, he doesn't, right? He's just sort of uh, running around getting some exercise in, but with the, the way that the, uh, the dubs been playing on D lately, it, it's pretty impressive, right? Like they actually have what top five net rating, over the course of their last five games, you, you even go back to the last 10, they're still a top three team. And their their offensive rating has been really good. It's just that D rating. It's number one over the last five, number three over the last 10. So they're just keeping that pace up. Speaking of pace, they've been a top five team in pace as well. I considered an under without Kawhi, but uh, th- yeah, th- this this Dubs team has been, has been playing uh, at a pretty fast pace, which has helped them a lot because part of the reason that they were getting into some trouble before the last, uh, well, basically since Draymond came back is when they're the, the, um, and other guys, I should be clear, like Gary Payton, the second came back as well. Moses Moody, even a guy who leaks out a few more, a few, a bit more often, or at least helps start a break as a guy who can get a rebound and go. Pajemski has been the same way, speeding things up when he's on the floor and he's been getting 32 to 35 minutes. So with that, that pace is up there. And I, I don't think that the, the, the Clippers want to play at that pace, especially what we've seen from them on the road, playing a bit slower and good defense when they were winning on the road. And now they've hit a little bit of a slide, um, still just, you know, sort of hanging around uh, where they're at right now in their record and not really getting above 500 in their last six games or so. Uh, and I, I'm going to believe in that. I mean, I, I don't think that their, you know, 17th net rating that they've had, which has been about a minus three over their last five games. That's more of the anomaly to me, but I don't think that they're going to pull out of it in this one without Kawhi against a red hot Golden State Warriors team that, Maybe Clay gets going. Maybe not. I don't want to have to bank on how the shooting is going to be. The true shooting percentage for them is still, it's good now. It, it was bad. Now it's good. But at, more importantly, the thing that I'm hanging my hat on here, minus two and a half at home, is that defensive rating and the way that they've limited second chance points, the way they've limited stuff in the paint. Uh, and they continue to just like really play better than, than their, their, I think their actual inherent value is on defense with the, the culmination of their players. Yeah, Draymond's back, right? I mean, yeah. vin- vintage Draymond effort to beat Utah to hold them down at home, which almost never happens. So, yeah, fine riding with the Warriors. It just continues to break right for them, right? When you get no Kawhi yeah. here, who it's interesting. You've heard a lot of M- MVP discourse over the last week or so, and people are like, why isn't Kawhi higher? And nobody's like put their finger on it. It's like, because we expect him to not even play 65 games. And he's played almost every game this season. And it just slides under the radar because you're like, wow, he's doing this efficiently and he's playing. Um, Yeah, he's been obviously more key for the Clippers than Harden or George or anybody you want to throw in there uh, other than maybe Ty Lue. But like, yeah, Yeah. I think without him in there, it's going to be hard to stop this Warriors team that that is rolling right now. Let me go to one we both like here. We said it yesterday. We can't wait to bet on the Charlotte Hornets with Our some value. Charlotte Hornets. And sure enough, they get the Hawks, the road trip in Hawks, without either center. So give me Hornets plus seven to cover here. Uh, yeah, no Capella, no Okongwu. And this is already a defense that is just like, it, it's so hopeless. Like betting, backing them to, to beat the Bulls 
the other night, it was just like, there's zero chance they're getting a stop here in the fourth quarter at any point. Like, the Bulls will have to trip over their shoelace and fumble the ball out of bounds for them to not score. Like, this this Atlanta defense is utterly hopeless. Uh, they also have no A.J. Griffin. DeAndre Hunter is still on a minutes limit. Like, there's, there's just not a plus defender out there. And they don't cover. Um, I mean, they, they were covering because they had a long stretch at home. They're 4-14 four and 14 against the spread their last 18 on the road, including 0-4 in their last four as road favorites. Uh, the last, you know, they, the the only one game they played without a Kongwu, they it was a 131-26 win at Washington. And they just, like, dominated the glass. They got 37 free throw attempts and still let Washington come in the back door there. Yeah. They have a, they're allowed 129 game when they're without Capella. And, I mean, yeah, let's look at the Hornets. Like, the reason we were, like, interested in them is because the bit of a culture shift. You got new guys in there for sure. Five, I mean, five new rotation players, which is just a completely new team. It's no longer, like by default, <clears throat> terrible. Uh, Grant Williams and Trey Mann being the best kind of additions to throw in there. They have a 106 defensive rating in their last two, uh, allowing league low free throw attempts and rebounds. You know, just the hustle stats, the discipline stats. They actually have covered in four of their last five at home. You know, so right before those trades, they covered against uh, Lakers and somebody else at home. And, you know, they weirdly won five of their last six against Atlanta. I guess it's not that weird because Atlanta just doesn't, put teams away like they because you can't get stops and uh yeah yeah, i mean actually the last eight for the hornets i was surprised to see they have the best defensive rebounding percentage in the league yep he was second chance of points allowed and they're sixth in fast break points so i think they can do a decent job holding the hawks down here maybe keeping this game under 238 but i'll just take the points for the home team yeah i also do think an under is in play here but charlotte's live um you knew that i was coming in with charlotte too we but we both were like man just keep betting these hornets because they're they're a different team now they're undervalued um one more guy that i want to mention yeah uh, yeah basically dude the the thunder backups were always better than the charlotte starters and now the charlotte starters are comprised of a couple of backups from the the oklahoma city thunder in that trade that sent them go ahead and hayward so now we're talking about uh, Michic in there as well, playing some pretty nice ball on offense, some really efficient ball on offense with these teams, but not not quite as fast. Definitely brought that pace down to sub five hundred, uh, sub one hundred, right around ninety nine pace, eight ninety eight point nine in that range. Uh, yeah, just giving up a, a no fifth. Or what are they? Eleventh best rating uh, defensive rating over their last five specifically, um, and yeah, that's up hugely just because of the fact that they have been so good in their last two, right? Uh, play playing defense that way. I mean, look, there's still going to be a turnstile down low, but there's, I guess, maybe Jalen Johnson goes off. He's been so inconsistent at times that, like, I don't know for sure if he's if he's going to necessarily just do better scoring-wise in this one because he doesn't have a center on his team in terms of Jalen Johnson. But, like, yeah, there's nobody protecting the rim anywhere, uh, and they are going to be going to the rim a bit more and, like you said, limiting those second-chance points. So, yeah, give me, give me those points at home, and I think they're alive to win this one as well. So... I'm going to close it out uh, with a little cheat, but look, it's fan- it's show favorite, DeMar DeRozan. If you've been following along for at least a few years, you know how much we love our boy DDR, and I found a good spot for him. So I, I got I to gotta run this one in best bets, which is over 21 and a half for DeMar DeRozan against the Cleveland Cavaliers, which uh, is a game that I also uh, bet over originally. I believe it opened at about 220 and a half. Yeah, it's up at about 224 and a half, which is what I liked because I think Caruso might not play in this one, but uh, it, he's impacts DeMar a little bit on offense in terms of taking not really taking stuff away from him to be honest with you so I'm not worried about whether Caruso plays or not I kind of prefer he doesn't play mostly because then at least the offense opens up for both teams and maybe the Cavs are a little bit more relaxed on defense because the fact that they're able to score more easily from the perimeter 
Crusoe's individual defensive rating is 108.5. So that really matters for the whole sort of like game theory and, and flow of the game. But for DeMar specifically, uh, this is a situation where he's just playing, look, maybe the best team, in, uh, best defense in the league. They, what are they now? Like 17 of their last 19 games that they've won. Um, the best defensive rating over that time frame for, for the majority of the season. Now we're getting to the point where it's like, we can't even just say in the last 15, this team is no, it's just now they're just the best defensive rating in the league for the Cavs. Um, but the place that they are vulnerable, the only place is the, the mid range. And who is the, mid-range maestro and the king of the mid-range DeMar DeRozan throw some Kevin Durant in there but DeMar has been taking that for for the majority uh, of the last couple you know well since his career started at this point but uh, they're allowing the uh, 12th most points per game to small forwards this is the part of the floor where the small forwards operate obviously and in the last seven they're actually giving the fourth most points per game to the small forward position and Chicago still has the number one mid-range frequency the ninth best field goal percentage from there I do think that they're pretty good at nine and a half but I would love Caruso to play because of how important Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland are to this offense they need somebody to stop him and I just don't think it's going to be Ayo Desunmu and Torrey Craig that are going to be able to slow down those two dudes I mean, that's it. That's that's what they have at this point, because Kobe White, if he's slotted on either of those guys, is going to probably get cooked. He's been a little better on defense. I shouldn't say that he might be an OK matchup for Garland, but they need they need Caruso in there for Mitchell, period. End of story. No, no questioning that. Right. Um, for, for DDR, uh, the like I said, he's taken all those mid range shots, obviously averages the most attempts and, and points per game from that spot on the floor. The uh, the opponent mid range field goal percentage for this team for Cleveland has been about 22%. Or, I'm sorry, they've been 22nd in the league, allowing that. Uh, and and the, fr- the frequency is there for them as well, for the opponent as well in these types of games. So, I mean, he's, he's gone over this in his last five. It does seem like we might be in the midst of one of our DeMar DeRozan streaks. Not saying he's going to score like 35 points in 10 straight games or whatever it was a couple of seasons ago. But I, I do think that this is the point of the season where he's just kind of taken over for whatever this team is. I, I don't really know. It still doesn't have much of an identity, but it, we know that he and Kobe White will be taking the majority of the shots tonight. We know DeRozan likes it in Chicago is what he said. He wasn't that upset about not getting traded and then maybe yeah. extending. So, um, I mean, a couple of things you touched on that I would prefer in this game, which is that Kobe White under 26 and yeah. a half points and assist. I almost pulled the trigger on that. Like, like that the too. Cavs absolutely shut him down the last two. Yep. He hasn't scored over 20 <clears throat> recently. I mean, they're just so good defending point guards and so good off a loss. Like the last time they lost, they came back and just shut Dame down, held him to just gross shooting and Donnie Mitchell over. Um, yeah. Especially when, when you have Caruso legitimately questionable for Donnie to get 26 points. The thing that, that gives me pause there is the blowout win. Cause I do think the Cavs again, coming off a loss are just going to put the clamps down here. Um, so, I mean, that would make me concerned about DeRozan is like, is he going to be out there in the fourth quarter with a nine and a half point spread with the Bulls struggling sometimes against top defenses like Cleveland? But yeah, if he yeah. is, if it does go four quarters, like, yeah, I think he's he's probably good for this because I think Kobe White will struggle so much. Yeah. Yeah. And I had it pointed out to me, too, that the, the home teams did really well the last two seasons against the spread in this game right before the All-Star break. It seems like there might be some mental as- aspect of I'm already here. So I might as well play. But if you're on the road, you're like, I just want to get home so I can then get to Cancun. Right. And there's a little bit more uh, in between there. But so, Nate, let's go ahead and get right into your first NBA play a prop here. Yeah, buddy. Buddy healed. Uh, let's go over 17 and a half points here in his fourth game with the Sixers and second game without Tobias Harris, who's going to be held out through the break. It looks like here. I mean, buddy healed just just what they needed uh, at the right time. Clearly, um, to, to kind of find some offense with Embiid out and just re, kind of refashion their whole offense here. It's now like a, a triumvirate, if you will, with Ubre slotting in for Tobias Harris and taking some pressure off Maxi. 
who, you know, I was initially looking at a maxi under here, 27 and a half points or 35 and a half points assist. Like he's just not gotten there without Embiid unless he's like suddenly hitting these crazy step backs like he did against Utah. Since then, teams have been game planning, shutting him down. I actually looked without Tobias Harris, like without that secondary option next to him. He's gone under that nine straight. Uh, but rather than fading Maxi against a Heat team, a road trip and Heat team on a back-to-back here, you know, there is some variance. There's always variance with Maxi because, like I said, he can get hot. Let me just take Buddy to be his buddy. Um, and you know, he's averaged 22 in three with Philly with a 130 offensive rating, shooting really well. Miami is most vulnerable against these kind of sharp shooting, uh, three-point shooting guards because they – they funnel things away from the paint, right? They they limit paint points. They limit free throws at all costs. As a result, they've allowed the fourth most three-point attempts in their last 15 here. Um, <clears throat> Buddy, in his career, has topped this number in 12 of 15 against Miami, shooting 40.5% on nearly 10 attempts from three. So we saw, again, when, when the Heat sold out against Maxi because Embiid was missing on Christmas. Maxi had a terrible game. Toby and, and Ubre shot 10 for 16 from three. They combined for 50-plus points. Same situation for Buddy here. And uh, the Heat are on a back-to-back. They allow 114. They allow five more assists per game. And they allow teams to shoot over 37% from three versus like 34% on normal rest. So uh, I, I love staying hot with Buddy here. Yeah, and and I do like the maxi under as well because, I mean, basically Spostra is – Belichick when it comes to just bracketing your wide receiver like this dude's not beating us we just decided that that guy's being taken out of the game and Tyrese Maxey needs help uh we've established that like he doesn't have the shot off the dribble that people will respect the three enough to like keep make essentially like elevate his quickness right like his quickness is somewhat diminished by the fact that you can play off of him because he can't he's not shooting well without Joel Embiid from deep that's a huge part of it so I do like the the Maxey under which is just correlated uh, to your uh, over for for Buddy here, which which I would agree with, and and uh, yeah, I, I do not like uh, the the Miami Heat in this one. We're going to see everybody sitting once again, and then yeah, you've got a, a Philly team that really has nothing to lose, but the guys that are going to be in there for them in this one, and, and Buddy is going to get some field goal attempts. Man, he loves it when he just is like, "There's nobody else here to shoot besides Maxi." That's great for me, right? What are you, Corkma is going to get some shots up, so. I love this bet so much, by the way. I'm about to put uh, 1.2 units on it so I can get a full unit back. Uh, and that is Jakob Pertl under 21.5 points and rebounds. <clears throat> and if you've been following the show, you know how much I love Jakob Pertl and I love to take overs in the right spots for him. But this is just such a ripe spot for an under because this is a different team now. This is a team that I do think we're going to see play a bit faster. I think they're still live for an over in that Pacers-Raptors game, which is at uh, 245 now. And I still think it's probably like a 247 game with the way that the Raptors are just going to keep not playing defense. And now we've got Kelly Olynyk in there playing uh, a few more minutes and taking away those minutes from Jakob Pertl. Pertl's 32-ish minutes that he was playing when he was healthy, uh, sans the injury that he uh, incurred like the last couple of weeks when he came back, like... He was playing 32 minutes, 33 minutes at times because he's the only center on the team. There was nobody else to get a rebound, to get to, to really more importantly, to protect the rim, right? There was zero rim protection there at this point. I mean, they were relying on Pascal when when Pirtle was hurt before Pascal got traded. And obviously he's gone now. So while Pirtle was playing those 32, 33 minutes, I think you fully buy into the 20 minutes that he's averaged in the last two because Kelly O has also gotten two minutes. If you think the great, the great white hoax from Canadian is not going to get his minutes on the Raptors, you're crazy. Kelly O is going to be out there speeding things up, which was the impact that we saw him have on Utah. Same situation. 
Kelly Olenek comes in. He starts eating into the minutes of the rotation for Walker Kessler. That team plays way worse on defense, even though they're not very good anyway in terms of the Jazz. And then now Kelly O's gone. Walker Kessler comes back in. Things change over there as well a bit, right? And they play a smidge slower uh, and, and play a lot better defense, more importantly. Because Kelly Olenek is not a, a rim protector, but he is enough to give Pirtle some, some breathing room. Uh, this is also a situation where I was coming here to go under Pirtle before I saw all the minutes, uh, the, the way that the rotation has played out in the last two games. Because this is a game with the, the Pacers, and the Pacers have actually been good at limiting centers as of late. Now, earlier in the season, they weren't necessarily good at limiting centers, but they did limit them because the majority of their points are coming in transition. A lot of centers are still lumbering back and not able to get all the way down the floor to get the rebound and get in position for that. And so their numbers would, would diminish a bit. And if you weren't a versatile shooting big, you eventually probably got run off the floor anyway against this Pacers team, which is the case with Pirtle as well. And I think Kelly Olynyk is actually just a better matchup in this game. Like you don't see Miles Turner backing down Kelly Olynyk as like the go to method of scoring for this Pacers team if they leave Kelly Olynyk in. Plus, Kelly Olynyk's playing with the backups a bit more, so he's going to be, most of his minutes, minutes will be staggered against playing with Miles Turner anyway. Um, and so he'll still be he'll be like a small ball center versus another small ball five that be on the floor for the Pacers. Uh, Indy is they, neither of these teams are good at offensive rebounding, so I'm not really worried about Pirtle getting in there and doing his thing. But Indy is really good uh, in terms of their their paint. Per, uh, percentage around the rim. I just don't think there's going to be that many opportunities for rebounds, which is a, a big reason for why Indy has limited re opponent rebounds. It's not because they're awesome at rebounding. It's because they're not, they're making a lot of shots and a lot of their shots are being made at the rim where centers are coming up, contesting them, and then not being in position for the rebound. That seems to be a lot of what's happened, especially over the last seven games for this team. Uh, that's why Indy's limited centers to the fourth fewest points per game over the last seven as well, including when, even though they played against guys like Nick Richards, but more importantly, Shangun, Domas, and Kristaps, all went under their totals uh, as well against this team. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and rock a Pirtle under here because I don't think he's playing 25 minutes. Yeah, it looks like Miles Turner is going to be out, though, through the All-Star break. Um, so I, I, I don't know how that impacts it. I mean, I guess you see more Isaiah Jackson, who's a, a little bit smaller, and then you're allowed to play more Kelly Olynyk if you're the Raptors. I mean, I, it was just a weird addition for them getting Pirtle last year, right? When they were supposed to be selling and rebuilding and then they extend him for four years. So it's, I don't know. He really doesn't fit with what they're doing right now. If we look at just the, the narrow it down to this season where you're trying to yeah. get quickly and Barrett integrated and play kind of an up and down style. And that's why we saw Linux jump in and, and get so many minutes. Cause it's like, yeah, let's, let's play, let's play high scoring basketball and not like play this gross packet in style that would Yaka Pirtle would fit with. So it, it makes sense if he throttles down the whole rest of the season, yeah. <clears throat> given where we're at, which means Here's one, overs are in play all the time. Now, <laughs> all the time. Here's one. I, I will put 1.2 units on because I'll, I'll eat that juice or, or go 11 and a half rebounds assist for Trey man where it's available, but 10 and a half is very low for this guy who is, you know, kind of a, a really good per 36 minute player. When you looked at him at OKC, he was just blocked by several guys ahead of them on the season, getting 7.7 .7 rebounds, 9.4 assists per 36. Even last year was, you know, up around 15 of those peripherals in 36 minutes. He actually hit this in just 18 minutes in his final game with OKC against Portland. And then in two with Charlotte, he's averaging 10, six and a half, eight, uh, playing 30 and a half minutes per game, got up to 34 minutes in his second game with Charlotte, has a nice 32% assist rate, a nice 19% defensive rebounding rate, and is playing Atlanta. I mean, which is going to give up the stats all over the place. Uh, third most rebounds to point guards last 30, fourth most assists to shooting guards. You know, he's kind of playing both. 
here uh, off and on with with, with uh, Micic coming off the bench at times. And just overall, sixth most rebounds, fifth most assists from the Hawks on the road. It should be fast-paced. It, it should be high-scoring enough for man to get some assists. And, um, yeah, he's still kind of undervalued in this new starting role. Yep, 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 yep. I, I, I'm not afraid of the points either, um, to be honest. I like both of them. Weirdly, the Hawks in their last seven, giving up the most points per game to point guards, not having gotten any better, I assure you. Fourth most rebounds, and I love the tenacity of the rebounds as well. So I, I'm with that bet. The, the assists are, are, should be there as well. The thing that would temper me on the assists and has me leaning towards points rebounds for Trey Mann in this one is the, well, weirdly, I don't know how much of a stock you put in this. The Hawks are limiting point guards in the last seven games in terms of their assists, in part because they're giving up 33 and a half points per game to opposing point guards um, combined, right? Like whomever's playing point guard for the other team, not just one dude. But uh, I, I do like that. The, the potential assists were at 12 games for him last game, and he still got nine off of it. That seems like there's a little bit of regression coming, but still think he's live for like five to six. The, the five and a half assists, was juiced all the way down to the over, which is why it's also like the, the you, you're on that cusp of 10 and a half for bad juice or 11 and a half rebounds and assists for, for good juice. And I think it's just one of those things. What's your preference? I think you and I both would rather not be kicking ourselves if he gets one fewer than he needs. And we, we just, you know, 70% of something is better than 100% of nothing, as we say. So uh, let me go to my uh, uh, second best bet, sorry, here, which is another center that I'm actually going over with. And I'm taking Alpi Shangoon, big time friend of the show, over uh, nine and a half rebounds. And I thought about adding the points, but it's 30 and a half points and rebounds combined. And this might be a yucky muck it up. No, it's going to be. I, it has to be. It's, it's Houston and Memphis. Uh, Memphis, such a bad rebounding team that I just, I, I'm not wanting to have to like rely on Shangun to get points in what could be a blowout. Although the Rockets, you know, missing a number of key guys that could keep this thing a bit closer than you might think. But either way, the misses will be there for Memphis and they are the second worst, let's call them the second worst rebounding team in the league at this point. They, it's just crazy to think about a year ago when they had Steven Adams and, and you know, Brandon Clark and, and guys that were, um, you know, limiting Jokic at times. Like they had such good rebounding that there was just no second chance points available and they are not that team anymore. Um, they are a bottom two team versus centers because they don't have a center anymore. Even if you wanted to consider Xavier Tillman a true five, well, he's not on the team anymore, right? I believe he's on your Celtics now. So, uh, which was a really nice pickup for them as well as Jaden Springer. Can't wait to watch Jaden Springer lock up some people in the playoffs. That's going to be fun, I'm going to be honest. But uh, for this this Shangun bet, in the last 15, Memphis allowing the second most rebounds per game overall, six most points per game. Um, and I'm sorry, that's to center specifically. They have the worst rebound percentage in the NBA over the course of the last 15 games. They are just 46.5% rebounding percentage, not getting very many of them. Uh, Shangun, I do like the fact that we've gotten a couple unders in a row for dude, right? He went under because he got hurt versus Toronto, came out of the game, was questionable in this last one versus the Knicks toughed it out was a huge reason that they ended up pulling out a win in addition to the referees helping them out as we both know um and then god the knicks can't catch a break sometimes and then uh in that one he had 17 rebound chances three rebounds because a hundred percent of his rebound chances were contested like the knicks were like okay well jabari smith isn't even playing there is one dude who can rebound for us uh against us and that is alperen shangun so we're gonna just throw the entire arsenal of, of big men at him and there's gonna be two to three guys boxing him out on every play that's a big reason for why so now we get him in a situation where we get a little bit of value i do think this would be about 10 and a half uh if he hadn't if he wasn't coming off of this stuff and as we know the books love to just look at the recent numbers, realize that the most novice of betters are just looking at recent numbers only and going, well, he did this recently, so I guess he's going to do it again. And it's just not that enough, enough correlation there. You got to dig a little deeper. So uh, the other thing I would say, lastly, is Shangun's offensive rebounding is awesome. He uh, has been averaging about four of those over the last 10 games. That's a lot of offensive rebounds for those not in the know. 
And uh, this this my, uh, Memphis team has been awful uh, with the bottom 10 in terms of allowing offensive rebounds to their opponents as well over the last 15 games. So all of that is ripe for Shangun to get over nine and a half boards tonight. Yeah, you can put a name on the awful numbers. It's it's Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a who's just not a non rebounder and should not be considered for defensive player of the year until he learns how to rebound. Um, and he's been thrust into a much bigger role because of those injuries and trades. And yeah, now Stephen Adams sitting in street clothes on the Houston side certainly not going to help out uh, for Memphis. And uh, yeah, I, I think yeah you're buying low for sure on Shangu because he's already played Memphis three times and not topped eight rebounds. Yep. So again, you're you might be getting some value because uh, because of that. But yeah, he he gets ten rebounds routinely when he does get a full slate when it's when it's a close game. And you know, opinions are kind of split on this. Like it's minus two and a half. The the Rockets can't seem to win on the road. The, the Grizzlies yep. can't win at all. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm not worried about the the blowout as much in this one, right? Yeah. Like if anything, maybe there's a random blowout on the other side. Just kidding. Memphis can't score. They're going to be throwing out too many G leaguers. So that's all the time we have for you in this one. One more day of games here on Thursday that we'll be bringing you as well. Also going to have an all-star weekend video looking at futures bets here for all the, the uh, events on Friday, Saturday, and then obviously the game on Sunday. Will Josh try to take another under in an all-star break? Definitely want to tune in to find out as we go from there. So appreciate everybody following along. Continue to subscribe to that page if you would, like the video and all that. And until we see you next, happy betting. Don't be scared, 